0: This is the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: Pharmacy Future Leaders is a podcast dedicated to pharmacy students by pharmacy students who are committed to making an impact on our healthcare system and providing optimal patient care as innovative and leading pharmacists. As Pharmacy Future Leaders, we dedicated our lifetime of service to others through the profession of pharmacy.
2: We will consider
0: the welfare of humanity and relief of suffering as our primary concerns as we apply our knowledge, experience, and skills to the best of our ability to assure optimal outcomes for our patients.
1: And now, here are your hosts and pharmacy future leaders.
2: Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your co-host Haley Ward, a third-year student at Nova Southeastern University. Joining me today are three co-hosts who will be bringing great content
3: for you. Hi, everyone. My name is Joanne Pio, and I'm also a student at Nova Southeastern University. I am a newly minted
4: P4. Hi, I'm Luis Urbina, and I just became a P2 at NSU.
0: And I'm Jamie Quaker, and I just became a third year at NSU as
4: well. On today's episode, we're going to start with the first of a two-part segment covering pharmacy rotations. The main reason why we're doing this is because as a P2. I am a few days away from starting my first pharmacy experience, and I am borderline freaking out about it. So I thought it would be helpful for me and for other people out there going through the same to have the advice from our co host who have already been through this. To begin with, I would like to start out with um, ranking sites, which is part of the protocol in our school to begin your rotations. So at least personally, I had a great opportunity to personally meet the doctor who's going to be my preceptor this summer in a preceptor fair that our school held. So I had the chance to talk to him and see what he plans for the students that he takes into his site. And that really captivated my attention. But I would like to hear the experience of you guys.
0: So as far as ranking sites, how I went about it is I looked for the atypical sites, sites that specialized in something uh, different or offered a little bit more than the normal retail environment. Granted, I'd never had any experience in a pharmacy. This was my first time working in one, but I knew I wanted something a little out of the box, and so I looked at uh, pharmacies that offered compounding or if they're an independent pharmacy, or if they had some sort of quirk that
2: I kind of really identified with. For me, it was more about interrogating upperclassmen. I thought that it would be very useful to have somebody else's input, somebody who had already done this. Um, So I made sure I checked in with uh, the upperclassmen. I really do wish that we had a, a page like Rate My Professor that we would use in undergrad, where students from every school could go in and rate the rotation. So when you were ready to pick your sights, you could just go in and kind of get a glimpse of, of what the rotation would entail. Um, I feel like that would be very helpful. But in my case, I went directly to the upperclassmen who had already done it.
3: Jamie and Haley made some really great points, Lewis. I think my number one rule is to be open to new and different opportunities. You don't know if you like something or if you don't like something if you don't try it. So for instance, if, you have, if you've never worked in a community pharmacy like CVS, you can't say that you like it or don't like it. When I first came to pharmacy school, I thought I was going to be a clinical pharmacist that I was going to rotate on rounds. But after that rotation, I realized that I like the community aspect of pharmacy more than I do the inpatient side. Um, When you're ranking, try to rank places that you haven't experienced before.
4: Well, thank you guys so much for your advice. Um, Some things that you said I actually did while taking the ranking sites into account. For example, the place I'm going to be rotating at uh, has compounding, which is something that it's not very traditional. So this kind of advice is important, but you can find it pretty much everywhere. Everyone has to do this and everyone talks about it. Now, I would like to go into the nitty and greedy, the things that you don't hear about as much. For example, we know that we are not at our best all the time. So can you share with us any anecdotes or stories about first impressions or advice and hints about first impressions that didn't necessarily go the way you expected them to go?
0: So as far as those first impressions and, invo- and uh, avoiding that negative first impression, it's important that you're, you're honest with what you know. So as I said, I had no experience and I went in and I was going in fully humble. Like I came, I think the first thing I mentioned was this is my first time ever being in a pharmacy. Teach me what you can and really don't stretch the truth. Otherwise, you'll be stuck when it comes time to prove it. And this is something I've learned in past experiences, not even related to pharmacy, just in general. The last thing you want to do is come in and claim to be capable of more than you are. So don't be embarrassed to admit you have no idea what you're doing. Perhaps you should phrase it a little bit nicely, a little bit more professional, but be sure you can back up any claims that you're making because you have to remember that you're there to learn And that is what your preceptor is
2: going to be expecting. I come from a background of um, a lot of technician work. I was a pharmacy technician for about five years before I got into pharmacy school. So I was used to being on the other side. I would see the students come in and I would hear what the pharmacist had to say after. So definitely three tips that I can give is if you're on time, you're late. Don't be there on the dot. Be there early. They like to see that. People tend to remember negative things more than positive things, which is not a good thing, but you have to use that in your advantage. Dress to impress is another thing that I'm definitely a big pusher for because people will notice and remember what you look like. If you come in looking scruffy, not prepared, people will remember that. And one thing that I don't think I should be saying, but I'm still gonna say, is please wash and iron your white coat. I have seen so many students go on rotation with wrinkly uh, um, white coats. And I mean, what does that say about you? You're walking in for the first day into your rotation and you're going to walk in not prepared, not the best you can be. That's going to give a bad taste. That's going to give a bad
3: impression of who you are. Very good advice, Haley. Honestly, I have been guilty of showing up with a wrinkly white coat, sadly to say. Um, I think the most important thing that I can tell you, Lewis, is reflect and correct. If you're doing something such like Kaylee said, where you're you have bad hygiene or you're not ironing your white coat, reflect on that. Okay, I know that maybe I need to get up 30 minutes earlier so I can iron the white coat and just correct it. Um, I think your preceptor, you know, people make mistakes. I think your preceptor will respect you more if you correct your behavior. Than if they have to tell you to do it. So, for instance, imagine how awkward it would be for a preceptor to sit you down and say, "Lewis, please go iron your white coat." It's embarrassing.
4: That would be just completely awful, like nightmare style. <laughs> <laughs> so, hoping that I will remember to iron my white coat and everyone else out there. Um, I would like to move on to something that is probably the biggest thing on my mind in regards to my future experience in the pharmacy. Just like Jamie said, I've never had pharmacy experience before. So this is my very first venture into it. How about making mistakes? You know, it's the first few days, you're nervous, you're just learning the system. How does it go when you just make a mistake? Let's talk about experience in regards to that.
0: Well, Lewis, I was definitely terrified of making a mistake uh, going in there. I was like, gosh, if I, if I put the wrong thing in the wrong bottle, they're going to hate me, they're going to you know, fail me, I'm, I'm never going to make it, and something I noticed when one of the texts made an error and the pharmacist just addressed it and said, like, hey, let's fix it, I was like, okay, so mistakes are a thing, they happen, we're all human, and simply put, the most important thing I can say is to be honest if you make a mistake. Because at the end of the day, these medications are for real patients. And so I think that's something you should always keep in mind the entire time is if you've made a mistake, be honest. And I think they'll respect that more, that you recognize your mistake. And as Joanne said, you know, you fixed it. You know, you made a mistake, but here I'm, I'm fixing it. This is, I've learned a lesson. And um, that can give them an experience, a really pleasant experience where like, hey, you know
2: they're learning, they're picking up things, this is good. So that's really true, Jamie. Um, I think owning up to, to a mistake that you've made will, will not only make you look better, but you'll learn, you'll definitely learn from your mistakes. And and one of the things I definitely learned on from rotation is not to guess. Um, my preceptor asked me a question. And, you know, in my mind, I, I, I kind of knew the answer, but I wasn't 100% sure. And I gave him an answer, which was incorrect. And he taught me one thing that I will never forget. If you don't know the answer to the question, don't guess. Just let them know that you're going to research and you're going to get back to them with the information. And then actually do it because that will make you look dependable. And a lot better than just throwing out random answers when you really don't know the
3: response. Lewis, the best thing that I could tell you is that I think you should just go to Walgreens or go to Macy's and buy a lipstick, any color, go to your bathroom and on the mirror, write, I am going to make mistakes. No matter how smart you are, you will make a mistake. You are not perfect. And like Haley and Jamie said, the purpose of the rotation is for you to learn be open with your preceptor. Take responsibility when you, do make, when you do make a mistake because that is how you're going to learn. Um, for instance, I remember that a patient was complaining about a brand medication on how it was too expensive. And I thought there was a generic of that medication. So I made the mistake by telling the patient that there was a generic when there wasn't. So I actually went to the patient, I apologized, and I told her I made that mistake, and she was not upset. It's okay to say, listen, I made a mistake. They will respect you more for owning that mistake rather than lying about the mistake and trying to cover it up.
4: So the take-home message here, for me personally, is how accountability shows how reliable you are. So just go there. Try to avoid making mistakes, obviously, but in the event that they happen, own up to them and just show your level of maturity to deal with something like that and your capability of deciding to fix it and improve. That is going to show my preceptor and the preceptor of you guys is out there that you are there to learn and that it's working. So besides that, another thing that really worries me, because it's something that you hear all the time when people talk about retail is customers or in our case well patients sometimes there are horrible stories about belligerent patients patients who are disrespectful or even worse fake fake prescriptions and situations as such so i would like to know if you guys have had any experiences like that and if you could share them with us
0: oh my so the first patient i ever counseled It was, I think, my third day, and the pharmacist was like, my preceptor said, hey, why don't you go and counsel that patient? And so I went up to the front and got her prescriptions, asked if she had any questions, and she asked about her oxycodone prescription. I looked it up in the computer, and I said, hey, I'm sorry, you're trying to refill this a little early. uh, The computer said you can't. She started crying uncontrollably when I told her that. And I essentially panicked in that moment. You could say I was a deer in headlights. Uh, She was denying any past early fills. She gave me every excuse under the sun. And she, you know, really brought it home that she'd been coming here for so long. And she felt that I was disrespecting her and calling her an addict. And um, turned out the pharmacist knew her antics and eventually had to intervene because yours truly, myself, could only managed to stutter and repeat that she was too early to pick it up. It was definitely a humbling experience and yeah, I learned a lot
2: from that. <laughs> I think anyone in a, in a retail setting can say that running into customers who are difficult to deal with is just inevitable. Um, I think it's just a part of who we are and inter- in- interacting with each other. Um, and with rude customers, I would just say Louis, to be honest, just always stay professional. You are the professional and they are the patient. And sometimes people speak out of anger or we just have to get in their shoes. You don't understand what's happening on the other side. Um, You don't know how their illness is affecting them or their family members. So you just have to always have that in the back of your mind and say, okay, she might be acting this way because she's having a bad day. Um, Just making sure that you always... Stay professional and speak to the patient and try and calm them down the most that you can. And always understanding that you are a student. And if you don't understand something or if you have repeated the same thing like Jamie said and you're just stuttering, it's okay to go find help. It's okay to find uh, your preceptor and have them intervene. Um, I did have a a story of of a 16-year-old who came in uh, with an oxycodone prescription as well and um, we then find his record on E-Force because he's under uh, 18 years old. And we, the pharmacist and I started looking at the prescription, and we realized that um, there were so many inconsistencies. The address that he had on file from before was completely different. Um, we saw that there was a lady also in the, in the aisles waiting for him, um, acting a little suspicious. So we kind of asked. We asked her if she was um, his mother, and she said no, that, he, that she was just his aunt. So it just got really weird and while we were looking in the computer, they completely disappeared. And that, to me, served as an experience of you always need to be alert. Um, in school, we actually did a training for red flags on, on um, opioid medications and, and how to be aware of, of those fake prescriptions or whatnot. And that served as, as an experience, and learning experience for me, um, where I was able to alert the pharmacist, okay, this doesn't seem right. Can you please take a look? Can you stand by me and speak to this patient? Because I don't feel comfortable doing it myself. Um, and then just one other thing that I always try to do is the 10-second rule where you breathe before you respond to the patient. I have been screamed at. I um, I mean, pretty much thank, thank, thank God that we've had a counter where the patient hasn't been able to jump over, but you don't know how people are going to react. So just always take that 10-second
3: rule, take a breather before you respond. Great advice, Haley. Yes. Breathe and think before you speak. Also, Lewis, I think you should try to look at it from the customer's point of view. I know that a lot of customers become frustrated when they're waiting in a long line to just drop off a prescription. You know, if you are, let's say your first rotation is, you said it's at a compounding site. You know, when a customer comes in, I think it's important. The first thing you do is to say, hi, good morning, good afternoon. If you're busy, I'll be with you in five minutes because that lets the patient, that lets the customer know, Lewis saw me, he acknowledged me, he's busy right now and he'll be with me in five minutes versus if the patient patient comes in and you just avoid eye contact, you don't say anything and the patient's just standing there looking at you yeah, it's going to escalate to something that you don't want it to escalate it, it to. So I think it's very important to always look at it from the patient's point of view and try to relate to them.
4: Well, I am a strong believer that you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. So based on your advice, I feel like implementing that in my rotation is going to help. You know, just have a nice smile through it and don't be afraid to go and ask for help in a serious case like Jamie's so but what happens when the person you go ask for help when your preceptor you feel like he is not up to par with what you expected from your experience have you had experiences like that where you feel like you should speak up about not finding your rotation side as fulfilling as you thought it was going to be how did you go about it what can you tell us about that
0: So as far as me, who is, you know, on the same level as you had no experience going in. If you see something going on, and you want to be part of it, just ask for permission, put yourself out there, make your interest known, in order to get the best bang for your buck during your rotations. So for example, I was super interested in compounding. And my preceptor had no idea about that until I expressed my desire to do it one day. And I put myself out there. So while it's important to remember to let your preceptor guide you during these rotations, especially when, you know, this is your first time working in a pharmacy, also don't be afraid to let them know what you're
2: hoping to get out of the experience to make it most fulfilling. That's truly great advice, Jamie. Um, I think it's so important to take a chance and let your preceptor know that you're open to trying new things, um, that you're there to learn. And I think mostly, um, Louis, to to address your question directly, if your preceptor is not giving you what you were expecting from rotation, just speak to them. In a professional manner, just let them know, hey, you know, I I really would like to learn how to process prescriptions or how to do data entry or... Um, just anything that you're really interested in. It's, it, it all goes back to what Jamie said. Take the chance to, to express yourself and let them know that you are interested in trying it.
3: Choose your words very carefully and be conscious of your nonverbal communication. So for instance, Louis, I love to slouch in my chair. It's just something that I like to do. It's where I feel comfortable. But a preceptor might perceive that as, oh my God, Joanne is bored. She's lazy. She's slouching in her chair. Sometimes perception is, can be reality to, precept, to preceptors. Um, when I say choose your words carefully, there's a way to say something where the preceptor won't get offended. So for instance, if you go to a preceptor and say, I haven't done any compounding since I've gotten here. He might take it as, oh my gosh, Lewis Lewis is not happy because he hasn't done any compounding. He might get offended versus um, the way Jamie was showing, um, explaining it is, I'm really interested in compounding. Would it be okay if I were to shadow a pharmacist? The first example is not necessarily bad. It's just that it could be perceived in a different way.
4: That is definitely very important, being able to choose your words carefully. And I really like that about being careful with your body language, because that's definitely true. Your stance and the way you hold yourself when you address someone, it can completely change the meaning of what you're trying to convey. So this is great advice. And I think it would work perfectly, just like in Jamie's case, just approach them personally, be professional about it. You will get out of it as much as you put into it. However, just for the sake of the people out there, we all know that things happen. What if your preceptor is particularly and specifically unpleasant? Had you ever had experiences like that?
0: I like how you say specifically unpleasant. (laughs) (laughs) So even if you're so I was lucky, I, I really liked my preceptor. He was a really cool guy. He was really chill, really just there to like foster a comfortable learning environment. Um, but even if your preceptor is not the best, remember, you still have to be respectful and project a positive attitude. Uh, Joanne uh, was mentioning this, you know, when you start to put that person in a box and label them as rude or demanding and you start treating them in a, like, a certain way uh, going forward, it might just become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And they're going to start looking at you like, oh gosh, this student, they're they're treating me like I'm rude. They're, you know, they're ignoring me. Like, that's not very nice. And in your head, you're like, oh, the person is rude. They're demanding. And this just sort of fuels itself. And that'll definitely hinder any sort of professional relationship going forward. So even if they are unpleasant, project positivity. And hopefully it becomes infectious.
2: I like that. Infectious positivity. We should have a class on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lewis, one thing that for me is always, always, always at the top of my list is that you have to know that every interaction you have is a job interview. Pharmacy world, I have seen it time and time again, is the smallest world. Everybody knows everybody. It doesn't matter where you went to school, you know someone who knows someone. Um, So it's important that even if you're probably feeling a certain way towards your preceptor, you're feeling that they maybe are picking on you. Um, the first thing that I, would, that I would advise would be to let them know. Why don't you speak to them? Um, ask them, hey, did I do something wrong? I feel like we've gotten off on the wrong foot. Um, or something like that. Just having a one-on-one conversation, I feel sometimes um, maybe just a misunderstanding gets taken to a level it shouldn't have been taken to. Um, and then just always, always know that you have to be professional no matter what. And I mean, if you are in a circumstance where your preceptor is just treating you horribly, we do have faculty members who, who look over the um, experiential experience, who, who look over um, rotations. And, and then in that case, I would advise that you do go speak to someone. But I would, I would say try and, and work it out first with the preceptor, kind of ask them if there's something else you can do to make the situation better. Um, but if it's just over the top, then I would definitely go ahead and, and speak to somebody at the school.
4: So that is great advice, Haley. And the thing I like the most probably out of everything you guys said so far is the contagious positivity. Because I firmly believe that if you keep your positive attitude, people will pick up on that. And even if they're usually unpleasant around you, they might act differently. So how about you, Joanne?
3: I think I want to go back to something I said before. It's important to reflect and correct. Is the preceptor being unpleasant because of something that you're doing? Like for instance, if the preceptor gives you a one hour lunch break, are you taking an hour and a half lunch break? Another thing that you can do is talk to the preceptor. Maybe you're doing something that you can't figure out what you're doing. Like, hi, um, Mr. So-and-so, is there anything that I can do to improve at our school, we actually have midpoint evaluations and final evaluations. If you feel that you are not doing um, as well as you would like to, I highly suggest speaking to the preceptor before your evaluation to see where you can where you can improve. Um, I also want to make I also want to say that you try to make the best out of the situation. Sometimes um, no matter how positive you are, no matter how nice you are, you could be an angel. Some people are just not going to like you. And that's where you have to take Haley's advice and just be professional and work hard. Um, The pharmacy field is very small, but your work will speak for you. It doesn't matter what anybody else says about you. If you come to work on time or if you come early, if you stay late and you work hard, that is speaking to your character. It doesn't matter what other people are saying about you. So I guess my um, biggest advice for you, Lewis, first look at yourself, try to correct yourself, um, adro- um, get constructive criticism from your preceptor. And if that doesn't work, just make the best out of the situation and just work hard like Kaylee and Jamie said.
4: Yes, I, I definitely agree that opening up lines of conversation may help you improve that personal relationship with with the preceptor and if case it doesn't as it might it might happen i feel like just letting your silent success speak for you even if someone doesn't like you they cannot say you did a bad job if you work hard and put a lot of effort into it so now i would like to go to the flip side of things um we already talked about all the negatives and all these things that scare us about rotations and that personally I was freaking out about before I heard all of you guys' experiences. I would like to now go in a little bit into the same situations, but the opposite, positive um, experiences that you had, for example, with first impressions. Let's start there.
0: So I mentioned this, you know, project that eagerness to learn. Because especially when you have no experience, that is your, your pedestal to stand on. You are eager to learn. You don't know much, but you want to. And if you do that right from the start, that'll be really beneficial to a good first impression. If you seem disinterested and bored coming in, chances are likely your preceptor will pick up on it. And like Joanne mentioned, be careful of that body language. Um, something I did is I brought like a notebook to take notes so that I could remember things that I mentioned that I could mention later. And with first impressions, if you do make a good one, you could very well turn that rotation into a job interview. And as I mentioned, frequently, zero experience. But after my rotation, I asked the owner and he said, for sure, you know, whatever would work for you, we'd love to have you here.
2: I think my main point uh, would be Do a lot of listening. I feel like um, even if you think you know everything, you don't know everything. I can promise you that. Everywhere you go will be a learning experience and you will take something new from that. Um, Also, if you can, do a little bit of digging and find out information about the place where you're going to do your rotations at. Um, It's nice to start a conversation with someone and be able to follow through and know what they're speaking about. Uh, Whereas if you don't know anything, you'll just be like a deer in headlights like Jamie had said previously.
4: So now I would like to ask directly um, to Haley about experiences with patients and customers, but the opposite side, really positive experiences with them, like someone you were able to counsel nicely, someone that you came back a few days or a few weeks later and thanked you for for your work. Have you ever had an experience like that?
2: I have. And um, this is a story that I, I never forget. I had a patient who was um, who was doing her end-stage chemotherapy, and um, she she would call in and, and cry a lot, and, and I kind of took it upon myself to to deal with her directly. So it got to the point where she would just call in and talk to me directly, and um, sometimes she would just call to talk, period. And um, and this patient, I would go above and beyond. I would make sure that her medication was ordered. I would If I told her that the medication would be there next day, I would make sure to go... to to go there and, and get that stuff done. So I became accountable to her. Um, and it's a great success story because she would sometimes just call me and tell me that, you know, her chemo was going well. And that touched me. I, I definitely will never forget that patient. Um, and I feel like just building relationships with everyone we encounter, you can, you can have those patients who feel like you're part of their family and not just somebody they see at the, at the pharmacy.
4: Well, um, I am really glad that you had an experience like that, Haley. That is definitely something that I strive for personally, or that I want to strive for in my rotation, to be able to build that kind of strong bonds and relationships with the patients and customers that you constantly see, being able to impact them in a positive way. However, it is also important to establish strong bonds and positive relationships with our preceptors. So how about you, Jamie? Do you have any stories about Good relationship and bonding with a preceptor that maybe changed your outlook in the profession or inspired you in some way?
0: Well, considering I now work with my preceptor, I'd say I had a a really great relationship. Um, My preceptor was really informal, and personally, I thought that was great. Now, in the beginning, I kind of panicked a bit, but I found as I went on that even though structure is really important, once I figured that out and figured out what I had to do, it helped me grow because it not only gave me the opportunity to really tailor the experience to what I wanted to learn, it also forced me to step up and really play an active role in my rotation. And having the support of my preceptor to do that really um,
2: was a huge help in that. Well, thank you, Lewis, for a wonderful part one of the IPPE segment. Um, we hope you enjoyed our stories and tips as much as we enjoyed sharing them. Uh, thank you all for joining today and, and sharing your great advice with all of the listeners. Um, stay tuned as we continue this part two segment on rotations. We will be talking about hospital rotations on on the next uh, next segment. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter so that you can get the most updated information about the podcast. We want to hear from you. Send in your questions, your comments, and just let them know what you want to hear. The mission of the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast is to support all pharmacy students by
0: providing advice, direction stories and sharing with each other
1: be sure to use the hashtag pharmacy future leaders on all social media we thank you for listening to our podcast please send us an email if you're interested in being on the show send your message to pharmacy future leaders at gmail.com
0: just remember never give up stay positive eat healthy get your sleep and know why you wanted to be a pharmacist from the beginning to help others live healthier lives
1: we are pharmacy future leaders